Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill. I am so pleased to be talking with a co-author of our book, Trauma to Triumph, today, Megan Lovelace. It's so nice to talk with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what drew you to participate in the book. What attracted you to being one of our authors? Sure. Well, it was Susan. (laughs) Big (laughs) surprise. Um, (laughs) We know each other through a prayer group, interestingly. Mm. And we met through this prayer group, through a mutual friend whom I serve on a board with at the Mm -hmm. Alliance to End Hunger in Washington, Mm DC. And so it was a real organic way to meet each other and uh, through prayer and communion and prayer, we, we discovered that we both have traumatic brain injuries. And so I was invited to share my story in this book. Yes, and I'm so glad that you did. Your story is really a story that demonstrates this triumphant life after having a traumatic incident. Can you tell us a little bit about what the injury was? You, just a little bit. Sure, I um, was skiing um, mm-hmm. at our local ski resort and um, I got hit by another skier. Uh, And I don't really remember the incident, but um, certainly it changed my life forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and that is a common, um, from reading the different chapters, there is this thing where some things are, people remember parts of it, but other parts they don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. Interesting. just I walked in, you know, got on the lift that morning, one person, and then woke up in a hospital bed, a completely different person. And you just never know. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. really never know. I ski all the time. So there was no part of me that thought that my life would change that day. Mm. And so one of the big parts of what we're including in the book is to include the things that made a difference for your recovery, right? Because I know that what Susan is doing at Hobblejog is to really help people get these post-acute resources that can make a difference for people from going from, okay, I survived it. I survived this incident to continuing to grow as a human and to be thriving on the other side. So I'm curious if you could share some of the things that made a difference for you resource-wise in that post-acute setting. What things helped you in your recovery? Sure. So I would say that above anything else, it was my faith, which is, again, really interesting because we live in a very rural community. So there's not a lot of resources for really anything. And... um, I don't know that the hospital knew what to do with me. (laughs) They just sent me home. (laughs) So I didn't go to a rehabilitation facility. I didn't um, have an attendant or anyone sort of 
teaching me how to be a human again. When I woke up, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I didn't really remember anything about my life. And so, um, but, and that all sounds really tragic and horrible, but also because of my brain injury, I don't know that I processed all of those things as tragic and horrible. I was just accepting, okay, this is where I am today. And I'm going to take one step at a time. And um, so I drove myself to my rehabilitation appointments when I should not have been driving. And thank God I made it there and back. But um, uh, I did speech pathology for a long time. And my speech pathologist was great, Gabby. And um, my occupational therapist, Shana, she would cheer for me when I came in, because of course I would just cry and cry. And just because I didn't know what else to do, I couldn't communicate with my words to say that I felt frustrated or that I felt <laughs> scared or alone. Um, and my kids were there to cheer me on every step of the way. So having my faith, having my family um, and my friends around me to celebrate each little win every time I had one was um, was the fuel that I needed to, to get through it. I would say that it would have been great to have a rehabilitation center or services for people specifically with traumatic brain injuries. I think there's a long way to go mm -hmm. to get people educated about what it means to have a TBI and what the recovery process is like, what it means to have an invisible disability. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, it was just every day praying and, and staying faithful and knowing that um, I was going to be okay. And each step along the way, I had to say goodbye to the old me, which was kind of easy because I didn't really remember that. However, everybody else remembered it. And so it was not just educating myself on how to be the new me. It was asking for compassion and um, patience from the people around me who expected me to pop back up and be just like I was before. Um, and so resources were scarce, but faith wasn't. And mm. uh, so I just landed pretty squarely in that spot. And I've used, you know, luminosity and um, playing the guitar and ways to reactivate my brain. Mm. Uh, in my own way, walking barefoot in nature, right? Just reconnecting with what I can be today and letting go of what I was before. Mm. And I, I think that it gets better every day and you get used to the headaches and you get used to the fatigue and you forgive yourself and you get better at asking people to respect the fact that your brain is tired and it's time to stop whatever it is that you're doing. And uh, I still get better at that every day. And it occurs to me that there's so much that all of us can learn from this, whether we've had a TBI or not. I mean, we live in this world that's just total like go, go, go. You know, these expectations we put up for ourselves, right? Um, what there's so much that I can learn from, oh, let's 
let me walk on the grass again and connect with this moment, you know, having space for faith and being present with my family and to myself and forgiving ourselves for whatever we think we need to forgive ourselves for, right? All the things. Um, And I love what you said about celebrating each win, right? Like celebrating each thing that you were relearning or learning new to celebrate each each thing along the way that must have made a difference too. Absolutely. I mean, little goals, little goals by the hour, by the day, because for me at the beginning, I didn't know if I would be able to walk and talk and read and write and all the things again. And so I just had to accept, okay, I'm going to get this far and be really happy about it. And I think that really helped my recovery because sometimes I think people can get really frustrated or they want to speed up the process. And that's just not an option with a brain injury and being an athlete and running marathons and you kind of push through the pain. And with a brain injury, you have to not do that. And your brain doesn't let you anyway. (laughs) So when I get too tired, I can't talk anymore the little center of my brain (laughs) is like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs) So it, it's not something that I can tough out and just get through Mm -hmm. and um, having grace in that space allows for all of those wins to feel really great and to give yourself the time to celebrate those wins. And I think that you're right, whether you have a TBI or not, taking the time to celebrate the little wins every day is always going to be the better space for your mind and your body and your world and your life than lamenting on what you don't have or didn't do or couldn't get done. It's just not a place I want to put my energy. And I'd love to talk for a moment about in the chapter that you wrote where you are talking about testifying there. Can you share about, I read this and went, oh my goodness, this is, this seems like so intense for anyone, right? To go and do this. And um, just, I was so in awe of it. Can you just share a little bit about what that experience was like for you? Sure. So I was in a fellowship with Rocky Mountain Farmers Union at the time, which is an agriculture organization before I hit my head. And then I hit my head (laughs) and I, I couldn't, do much of anything, but what was so beautiful is my mentor, the person leading the fellowship, he was so kind and said, well, you know, we're going to do this testimony and you've written this policy and let's do it. Like you can do this and really took the time to coach me through it. And so even though I couldn't really use half of my body yet, I was walking but kind of dragging one side along with me. And um, I had learned to speak again, but I most certainly sounded like maybe someone that had had a few too many. Oh, dear. (laughs) Enunciate any of my words, yet my tongue was still figuring out how to make words in my mouth. Um, But my, uh, my mentor said, don't you worry. This isn't what about how you walk or how you talk. What we wrote, about Mm. our farm workers is so important and let's get out there and see what we can do. And so we went to this national convention as delegates and I brought forward a policy around immigration um, 
which uh, could have been seen as controversial. And so um, I would have had to have been brave regardless of whether I was speaking with wonderful clarity and walking perfectly right. or not. And um, I got up there and I just spoke my truth. And uh, we were working on immigration visas for farm workers, hoping to make that whole system more equitable for the people who grow our food. Um, which seems pretty simple, mm -hmm. but it was a little more complicated uh, when asking for the policy, which was to um, oppose mass deportations, which unfortunately was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I got up there with the microphone surrounded by all the people. And I just looked at the, the committee and read the policy out and and maybe it was because of my brain injury and the lack of awareness of my surroundings, which can happen with the TBI, but I didn't sit back down after. I stood at the microphone and I waited for the whole debate <laughs> to happen. And I just kept standing there. Like, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna stand here till we finish this. And um, I was really impressed at how I was able to stand my ground in that space, really not even knowing. Um, where my ground was and um, stay in my truth in that moment. And what I realized is that number one, nobody knew I had a disability and it was okay that I had one, um, which I was still working through. Mm. And number two, that it's okay to stand in your truth and stand in your power and not back down. Um, Maybe before my brain injury, I would have sort of thought, okay, I guess that was my time and then went and sat back down. But in the clarity that I received after my brain injury, which sounds crazy, but it's so true. I had kind of shed all of the things I didn't need in my life without knowing it. And I like to say I knocked myself in <laughs> instead oh, of knocking myself out. And so I had knocked myself into this moment and we were able to get the language into our policy and, and use that language to help farm workers get better living conditions and, and longer visas and the things they needed to take care mm. of themselves while they're taking care of us growing their food. Mm. So um, that was a pivotal moment for me knowing that I hadn't lost anything in my injury journey and that I had gained so much. And it really, sh it shined a light on what my path would be moving forward. Mm. Very grateful for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. And that is something that really has astounded me from as I've been reading the chapters that people are sharing in the book is this feeling that it, it, there's so much that you have gained that it's actually added to your life from going through this, which surprised, you know, it surprised me as reading it um, on the other side. And it's such a, that gives such hope and light to people that are in the midst of this and trying to sort out and not knowing what the path is forward. So thank you for, for sharing that with everyone. Of course, um, I don't ever want anyone who's hit their head or has a brain injury to, to, to give up for one moment. Um, and, and I want everyone to know that if you're in that situation, if it's happened recently, if your recovery isn't going as fast as you'd like it to or not the way you wanted it to, um, 
that it's not a race, that there's always hope, that we've been given the opportunity to start fresh and start new with this renewed space in our lives to create what we want for us. And it, it's a gift. And so it doesn't necessarily feel like that at the beginning or even the days when your headaches make you have to go to sleep instead of do the things you wanna do. But, um, but we all have been given this beautiful gift this second chance at life and it's it's incredible and and don't give up if you're there and you're struggling and don't be afraid to tell people to to back off if they're <laughs> expecting you to overperform or to be who you were before or to be somebody mm -hmm. that you're not mm -hmm. you know you know what your limits are how to set your boundaries and and you just got to keep doing it and it's mm. it's cool to have <laughs> it's not a bad thing it's, it's a, it's a way to see the world a different way. So I think we're lucky. Love that. I'd love to hear what the experience of writing the chapter was like for you. Sure. It was, um, it was walking that path again. And it was so interesting because I had not, I, I didn't think I would relive it. I had kind of put it away and not even in a bad way. It just <clears throat> it happened and it was behind me. And so writing it down again, because I journaled to practice writing when I first started and my pen, I was holding it like, like a I was a toddler basically, you know, yeah, <laughs> scribbling on the paper. And, um, but actually writing down the sequence of events and reliving it, taking that walk with my old self, mm -hmm. you know, going back to the before times before I had hit my head and thinking about what my life was like and writing that down and writing down the steps of how I died and came back mm -hmm. was um, so interesting because I was not on the stage. I was an observer watching mm. me on the stage somehow and seeing it in this kind of really retrospective way that was not attached to emotions um, made me appreciate everything that I've built for myself and my family since then, since my injury. Um, and it also finalized it for me. I didn't realize I needed to write it down, to mm. write a chapter in a book, to put a period at the end of that sentence in my story of my life. And it was so good to get it out. <laughs> I wish everybody would do it because yes. I, just, I didn't realize how great it would feel to be like, eh, okay. Bye-bye now in a real <laughs> way. It's, not, it's like hello and goodbye at the same time. And I think that's why I, I named the chapter, you know, that it was like my funeral and my rebirth and my introduction to the new me. And, um, but it took a long time. And what I knew when I was writing it, because I write a lot of policy and I write a lot of boring stuff. And so here I am writing about something really personal Mm. take a break. So I would just block out a lot of time. I would let it out and then I would go for a walk or I would just have a tea and allow myself to cycle through that experience instead of trying to just 
make it one thing and then go on with life. Like I hadn't just written about dying. Yes. <laughs> I, I gave myself the grace of like, okay, that was a big deal and go do something for you now. And so it was me practicing how I was setting my boundaries for other people with me and how I set them for myself. And so it was very, very cathartic. I'm super grateful I had the opportunity. And then after reading everybody else's, I was like, whoa, whoa. There are some similarities in that moment where we all hurt, got hurt that are pretty spectacular, I would say. Thank you for sharing about the experience of of giving yourself space. I love that you did that because it can be writing your story can be such a really healing process. Even if you think you've already like left it behind and it's a different, right. It can open up that space to really be healing and also kind of a, like a, like a period at the end of the sentence or, you know, like, Oh, we're, we can close, close this now and, and go on to other things. It can bring a sense of completion, which Mm -hmm. is you know so it's vulnerable though it's brave it's vulnerable I I don't talk about it a lot so putting it out there as an experience for the world um is is uh it's not scary that's not the word but it's 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 a risk (laughs) (laughs) I knew I I know I'm taking a risk I don't know what will come of me sharing this very, very intimate, personal experience in my life with the world. And so I'm just hopeful and faithful that it can help other people Mm -hmm. um, or just that um, it's not something that I have to hide Mm -hmm. because it is an invisible disability. And sometimes I do have to look people right in the eyes and say, I have a traumatic brain injury and I need to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the secret is out. <laughs> <laughs> it's out. And, uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Thank you so much for pushing through all the reasons not to share it, right? Because I know that um, it can make such a difference for people that both who have experienced something um, that have experienced a TBI and don't know what's going to be happening next to them. And also for all the people around them right? Um, to know, oh, there's a path forward and how to relate to them, right? Um, as Absolutely. well. So thank, thank you for sharing that. And to, um, so I want to talk about your work too um, at Mountain Harvest Farm. Can you talk a little bit about and, and anything else you want to share about, about your work? Sure. So um, before my brain injury, I was uh, the executive director of Mountain Harvest Coalition, which I founded, and we were starting farms, raising food for food banks, um, doing agriculture education, really fun, really fast paced. (laughs) Um, And uh, so after when I really decided to stay in that policy space, Um, I became a consulting firm and worked and continue to work with um, colleagues across the country who are working on social justice-based policies. So everything from housing to food access to um, citizenship and all the things in between. 
I realized that this was um, a gift that I had and I wanted to give it to the world. So mm -hmm. today we work um, across sectors on public policy, both at the county, regional, state, and federal level. And it has been an honor to work in those spaces. Um, right now I'm working with the Colorado Cross Disability Coalition, living my truth and working on statewide policy for um, access and um, accessibility and equity for the um, neurodivergent communities across our state. And um, at the federal level, working on anti-poverty, anti-hunger, um, I love it. It's been such a great opportunity to um, keep growing my brain, growing my business, and making the world a better place, hopefully for everyone. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> and so, so I'm a contract lobbyist, mm -hmm. basically. But when you yeah. say the word lobbyist, people are like, oh, gross. <laughs> I don't like to do Thank you for explaining what it actually means beforehand. So yeah. <laughs> I want to thank um, you so much for doing this work that you're doing. I mean, you're helping us feed ourselves in this country, right? You're helping us um, be safe and well, the people that are putting the food on our tables, right? And I love that you're weaving in working with people that have disabilities as well, right? So it's so lovely that you have, are, have stepped into this. I know it's not easy work doing this type of thing. So thank you for everything that you're doing. How do people get in touch with you? What's a way to connect with you if they'd like to learn more or to get into this, this um, field? Sure, so you can find me on Twitter at Farmer Megan. Mm -hmm. I'm on LinkedIn, Megan mm -hmm. Lovelace. Um, you can just go to my website, mountainharvest.org, mountainharvest.org. And um, learn more about what we do, get involved. There is so many different ways that you can be involved in public policy and in the rule of law in an equitable way. So don't be shy. Feel free to reach out. Doesn't matter where you are. I can always help connect you with resources in your own community if advocacy is something that you would like to pursue. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to have a doctorate and whatever. You can just have a heart filled with passion and compassion to do the good work in your own community. So happy to shine light wherever it's needed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan. And I'll add all of these, these links so that people can connect with you easily too. Thank you for taking the time. Of course, thank you so much. To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving.